church. How are you doing out there? Will you stand to your feet? If you were here Thursday, we had an awesome worship night, didn't we? It was great. If you weren't here, make sure that you make the next one uh, in July, July the 21st. So, uh, but we're going to start out with a song that we've been singing. It's a new song to our church, but uh, I don't think it's new anymore to you guys, but uh, it goes like this. The victory is yours, the battle ain't over, the glory is yours, amen. With hands lifted up, I'll be sitting through the fire.
Amen. You can be seated. Morning, church. Welcome to Shelby Christian Church. Those of you online as well, welcome. This morning before we uh, go for communion, just a reminder, communion stands are all over the room. Just pick up your little piece of juice and it'll have a little piece of bread underneath it. This week, um, we're talking about service. And I was reading a story this week about a little boy named Brian. He loved his dad. Father's Day was coming up and he didn't know what to get his dad. And his dad said, son, come back in the backyard with me. So he went out in the backyard. There were some trees that had fallen down and he got one of those big two-person saws, you know, where one person stands on it and they pull it back and forth. So this little eight-year-old boy was doing this with his father and enjoying the time he was spending with them. And they started cutting through this tree that was dead in the middle. And it broke off and the boy looked down and half of the log was there and it looked like a horse's head. So he thought to himself, I know what I can do. So when his dad wasn't looking, he took it and he hit it. And then later on in the day, he came back and he got it. And he took that little ball that looked like a horse's head. He went out in their garage and he found a little piece of two by four. And he connected that head to the two by four. Then he went out in the yard and he found four sticks. And he connected four sticks to this two by four to make it look like a horse. Then he took some twine and he made a tail. And then he took nails, and he, this little eight-year-old, you know, think how eight-year-old hit things, and so his nails are going in all these different directions, but he put all these nails on it. Then he wrapped it up, and on Father's Day, his dad opened it. He said, oh, son, this is great. What is it? And his son says, dad, it's a horse tie holder. And his dad said, of course it is. I love it. And so his dad took this thing and hung it up in his closet and he hung ties on it and his son thought it was the best gift he ever could have made the most beautiful piece of artwork you know just the greatest tie holder there ever was then the boy grew up and became a young man and he looked up at that tie holder and he thought what a mess that is I can't believe my dad has kept that and used that all those years. Well, you know, it's hard for us to imagine how much God loves us. And when we do things for him, whether we're a greeter at the door, whether we're an usher, whether we help get communion ready or help with baptism or go out and help visit people, no matter what we do, it may seem like to us that it's something great or maybe it's something insignificant. But just like that father took that horse and loved it because his son made it, God loves when you serve him. So no matter what you do, your service makes a difference. And remember what Christ Jesus did for us going to that cross. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we just praise you this morning. Lord, as we lift up your name, how great and how glorious, how awesome and holy you are. We thank you that you gave us your son. And I pray now that your Holy Spirit would just fall upon this place. For we know your spirit is here because we're promised when two or more are gathered in your name, there you will be. Father, I pray that you anoint the worship team as they continue to lead us this morning. Anoint Stu. 
anoint Pastor Dave as he comes this morning and brings the message. Father, we realize that sometimes our service may seem to us to be something grand, but to you, it is like that horse. How precious it is in your sight when your people go out, make disciples, serve one another, love one another, and show your love to each other. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. See 
not what we do. It's not what we've accomplished. It's in Jesus Christ. Amen. Sing this out. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. so excited about what God is doing this summer. How many of you, I know Stu already asked, how many of you are here Thursday night? It was an awesome, awesome, awesome thing. Be back for the next one. But even beyond that, here's what we want to do today. And uh, just starting today and through the rest of the summer is just to challenge you to pray about something really, really special. And that is on August the 18th, on July 21st, we're doing another night of worship. But August 18th, we're kicking off a brand new church service. We're like planting a church on Thursday nights. And to be successful planting a church, you, you always need a good launch team. And so Thursday night, at the night of worship, uh, we introduced for the first time, put out this idea of launching, and there are cards on a table back there in the back, and the launch wall is back there as well. And so what we want to do between now and August 18th is enlist at least 100 people who will say, we're going to give this the first few months, starting in August through the end of the year, we'll make Thursday night our night of worship so that we can have a core group of people that we can build off of and plant the new church. And so if you would, uh, and maybe you need to take a card home and pray about it, sit on the kitchen table and pray for a few weeks, whatever. But if you would be interested, willing to do that, say, yeah, I'll do that. I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll worship on Thursday night. Then maybe you come back on Sunday and serve in one of the ministry areas or vice versa. That's cool. Uh, but if you would 
do Thursday night worship, be willing to say, yeah, let's launch this thing. Let's make it and get it right. Uh, if you would just, all you got to do is put your name on it and just leave it on the table. And we're going to tape it in the wall. And over the summer, just see that wall get fuller and fuller and fuller. Is that a, is fuller? Is that the right word? More full? Come on, teachers, help me out here. More, more full. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of cards on that wall. That's what we're talking about, right? Okay. And, and so we, we thank you so much and encourage you uh, to help us out in that because I think that it's going to be, it really is going to be like planting a new church because I think we're going to be able to reach people that we haven't been able to reach uh, in all of our history because of that non-Sunday morning option that we can give uh, to people who can't make Sunday morning. So uh, if you'd be willing to be part of that, then help us out, fill out a lunch card, leave it there on the table, we'll tape it to the wall. Uh, that would be awesome. This Earlier this summer, we kind of did four or five weeks of, of vision casting around the ideas of our student ministry and our children's ministry and our missions ministry and just talked about changing the world in that format. And so for the next two weeks, we want to come back and kind of finish that up. And, and today we want to talk about world changers are servants. Next week, Bobby's going to talk to you about a whole disciple making ministry and how we do that through our life groups and other things and change lives, not just to be in a group, but to actually bring people in and to make disciples. But today we want to just talk about this whole idea of being a servant, being involved in the church. You see, I think, I, I think there's a problem that is alarming too, and I think it's harming many local churches in America. And, and while I don't think it's harming us, we could do better in this area. And, and that idea is that for far too many places, ministry is only going on in a small few. Now, I don't think it's going to harm the big C church, all right, the big C church of Jesus, because the Bible tells us the gates of hell won't prevail against that. But it's the little C, the local church, that are sometimes struggling and will struggle greatly if it's still a small group of people involved. Too many little C churches, uh, I, I think, look like the description uh, of the football game or the football team as Bud Wilkinson. How many of you even know that name? name bud wilkinson come on you're going to show your age a little bit oklahoma football but a long time bud wilkinson is one of the greatest college football coaches ever and one day bud wilkinson was asked this question by a reporter he was asked coach how has the game of football contributed to the health and fitness of america and to the reporter's shock wilkinson responded it hadn't contributed at all and the reporter, what do you, what do you mean? I, I don't understand. Wilkinson said this, and it's classic. I define football as 22 men on a field desperately needing rest and 22,000 fans in the stands desperately needing exercise. There's a lot of truth to that statement. And unfortunately, there's a lot of truth, similar truth in the church. A lot of people just sitting around doing nothing at times, and praise God, we're not at that extreme, but we could do better. We could do better. Pastor Stuart Briscoe once told uh, of, of an incident where he went to his first week at a brand new church. His first week at a brand new church, he got done preaching after the service. A lady came up to him and said, uh, Pastor Briscoe, I want you to find me the answer to this kind of complex, technical, biblical question. And, and Pastor Briscoe said, no. She said, excuse me? He said, no. And she kind of gave him that look like, well, then what are we paying you for? He said, no, I'm not going to find that for you. But I'll tell you what I will do. I'll help you figure out how to find it for yourself. 
See, that's, that's ministry, and that's, that's going beyond just here, do this for me, do this for me, do this for me. Without a doubt, one of the most crippling ideas to pervade the, the church over the last century or two has been this idea of this group of people that gets special parking. Not just at the local church, they even get it at the hospitals. There's these spaces at hospitals that are marked clergy. Because those are the special people. The, the people who, the only people whose prayers apparently are understood in a hospital is clergy. And so we get to park in these special spaces as if somebody else's prayers doesn't merit a special parking space at all. You see, the idea of clergy has been, you do it. You do it. Sir John Lawrence, century ago, said this. What does the layman really want? He wants a building which looks like a church, clergy dressed in the way he approves of, services of the kind he's been used to, and then to be left alone. That will kill a church. That will kill a church. And I'm thankful that that's not our church, but we could do better. We could do better, and so that's why we're talking about changing the world. And today, I'm going to share with you just one passage of Scripture. If you've got your Bibles and want to open to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, there's this one passage, critically important passage of Scripture. And I want to share some truths from that uh, with you, and then Brett's going to come up and join me and share some very specific things that we need people to be involved in. But if you look in Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 11, here's what the Apostle Paul said. So Jesus Christ himself, Paul was always pointing people back to Jesus. So Jesus himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers, all right? He gave those people with those kind of gifts to the church and to the kingdom. But then look at verse 12. He gave those people to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Let's just break that down in a couple different ways. First of all, look back at verse 11. Here's what it tells us in verse 11. It says some people, some people are given leadership gifts directly from God himself. Leadership gifts to, to exercise for certain purposes. Now he starts off, he starts off there talking about those gifts and it's all centered though on the word of God. That's what he said. That's why he points out this is from Jesus. And it was Christ set this up so that we could equip people so that the body of Christ might be. It's all from God's Word. That's why we're spending a summer in the Word, reading through the entire New Testament, because it's important for us to be in the Word, because it's all based on the Word of God. Everything we do is either based on the Word of God or it's foolishness. Okay? That's what's important for us is the Word of God. And when the Word of God, though, is. When the word of God, guys, is watered down to appease the culture rather than to please God, we become anemic. We become an anemic people because we're, 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 we're taking uh, stuff that's watering down the natural, the natural resources that are inside of us. Do you know what, how you become anemic physically? You become anemic, and then when you do become anemic, what do you need? You need iron. 
You know, if you become anemic, they're going to give you iron supplements. If it comes really bad, they're going to really dose them up on irons because that's the answer to becoming anemic. You know what the church needs? Iron sharpening iron. That, that's what the Bible tells us that we need to do. We need to, we need to be in fellowship with one another. We need to be together because iron sharpens iron and iron is the answer to anemia. Alright? And so we don't want to water down the gospel. We don't want to be anemic. We want to follow the word of God. And so we look here and it says in the word of God, it says that some are given these gifts of leadership. And he lists some. Apostles. Apostles, that word apostle, it's the sent out ones. It was kind of like there were the early followers and then, and then Jesus took the disciples, made them apostles, sent them out with a mission. With a mission. Do you know the, the, the one apostle that's talked about that wasn't part of the original 12? Paul. He was called out and he was sent as an apostle to do special things. But what we see is that these guys were given the, the ability, the, the, the power to perform miracles. They carried the message of Christ and his resurrection until it could all be written down and recorded. And, and they founded the church. But then that gift seems to have passed away because there's nobody else named as an apostle. They were early, they were critically important in the early church. Now the only other time that some translations use the word apostle, it's more appropriately translated messengers of Christ. So, but see, there's a difference because the apostles were those ones that were sent out originally with all these special gifts. Messengers of Christ are really evangelists, which kind of comes back in in another term in a minute. They're not gifted as above. Therefore, it's, I think, best to no longer use the term for someone today, an apostle, because I can't see it in Scripture. I don't think it's there that it's passed on for other people to suddenly decide I'm an apostle. The second gift, though, that it was given for leadership in the early church were prophets. They, prophets, prophets by the very word received direct revelation from God. They received direct revelation from God. And they sometimes predicted the future. They often expounded on revelation that had already been given. On things that, that Moses and other Abraham, other Old Testament leaders had said. And, and these prophets, these more modern day prophets in Jesus' time, would expound on what was already given them. They were sometimes given direct re- uh, revelation from God. But the Bible tells us that nothing should be added or subtracted from God's word. Therefore, no need for new prophecy. All all we need has already been given to us. What we are called to do today is to expound on and to follow that. You know, the the kind of amusing thing to me is people talking about, I just want a fresh new word of God. I just want a fresh new word of God. I want to say, why don't you work on the word you already have? You know, a lot of times we're wanting all these fresh, and we're not even doing what we've already been told to do. Let's get this down. Before we move on to trig, let's figure out what two plus two actually equals. And, and, and we'll be just fine. We'll be just fine. But then there's some more gifts, some more specific gifts that I do think carry over today. And that are evangelists who proclaim the revealed word of God as it relates to salvation. Now, here's the interesting thing about that term evangelist. As a noun, it's used a couple of times in the New Testament, Acts 21 and 2 Timothy chapter 4. But as a verb, 
as a verb, it's used over 50 times to evangelize or to proclaim the good news. That doesn't seem to be tied. It seems much more appropriate to be used in the term of a verb, which means we can all do it, than in a title, which means there's a select few. Now, some I think are called to do that, called to do that on an on a ongoing, regular basis. I feel like calling in my life. Others feel like calling. But here's the bottom line, guys. We're all called to be evangelistic. We're all called to share the good news. We're all beggars that just happen to find bread who need to tell other people where to find bread that will sustain them. We're all called to do that and and do that on an ongoing basis to share the good news. And then the last kind of grouping, he says they're pastor, teacher, kind of used together. While pastors and teachers both teach, I think pastors are the ones that are called to care for, to watch out for the flock as shepherds, as elders and lead pastors in, in the church. All right? So it starts off, this is the background, because the important stuff comes next. So in verse 11, Paul just reminds the people that Jesus gave some people leadership gifts, special leadership gifts, most of which revolved around teaching, all right, and sharing and educating and and equipping, equipping. That's why in our purpose statement as a church, we talk about we exist as a church to reach the lost and what? equip them to become fully devoted disciples impacting their world for Christ because we need to be equipping people to do the work of the ministry as it says here in verse 12 so Paul says this these leaders these people leadership gifts they need to get other people involved they need to equip other people to do the work of the ministry because more hands accomplish more work when you're stuck and you're doing something and, and you can't get it done, like you're pulling on something and you can't get it completely by yourself and you look at your buddy and say, hey, can you what? Give me a hand. Can you help me out here? And that's the model of the church, that people sharing together to make a difference in the kingdom. And so then we look here, let me read again verses 12 and 13. Look what it says. It says to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. There's that pointing back to the Son of God, the Word of God, and become what? Mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So there's four goals in this service that we need to be doing as a body of believers. Goal number one is this, that the body will grow or be built up. That the body will grow or be built up. Now there's two ways that we can build or we can grow our bodies, right? We can, or three ways. One, we can just live, okay, and it's going to naturally, a certain part of that's naturally going to happen. The second thing we can do is we can eat and that grows our body the third thing we can do which is actually the most beneficial is that we can work out and (laughs) your chance is coming hang on (laughs) we can work and strengthen our body what if the church did that what if the church combined okay we exist we we can we come together to be fed but we serve that's our working out so that we're growing and strengthening the body will grow or be built up built up or under construction means it's not done yet 
See, that, to me, you know, Paul didn't say, hey, we're all done here. Let's just wait till Jesus comes back. He said, no, some of you guys have been given leadership gifts to go out and equip people to continue building this thing up, to build this thing up because we're not done yet. Therefore, this, this thing, this big C church of Jesus Christ needs more members and more mature members. And the church, the church guys that Jesus died for was created by its very nature to grow that it's a living breathing growing organism and the problem the only problem with that growth is far too often there are obstacles in the way of that growth and far too often those obstacles are us that we get in our own opinions, we get in our own ideas, we get in our own, this is going to be done this way, you know, whatever it might be. And sometimes we just need to get out of our own way. Sometimes we just need to get out of our own way. You ever know anybody like that? They just kept saying like they just can't get out of their own way. Everything they do, just like they, they just like they just need to stop. And just let things happen the way they're supposed to happen. And the church sometimes just needs to get out of our own way so that it could grow like it was intended to grow. So the first goal of service is so that the body will grow or be built up. The second goal is this, that the body, and this is straight from verses 12 and 13, that the body will attain unity. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great if we could, can we all just get along? Wouldn't it be great if we could all just be unified, not necessarily even have the exact same opinion, but unified in loving one another, unified in the way that we treat one another, that the body would attain to the unity of the faith by, by how's, it, how's that happen? By knowing Jesus well. Huh. Man, that makes a difference. The more we know about Jesus, the more we can live like Jesus, the more we can act like Jesus, the more we will be unified in Jesus, the more we know about him. What do we know about Jesus? Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Some of you know that verse very well. Mark 10, 45, Jesus said this about himself. He said, for the son of man, he's referring to himself, did not come into this world to be served. Well, that would make sense that the king of the universe deserves to be served. But Jesus about himself said, no, I did not come into this world to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many people. That's what we know about Jesus. And so if that's what Jesus wanted to do, then we could be unified if we all just understood we need to serve like Jesus served. First Corinthians chapter 12, Paul does a great job uh, of describing the physical body. He describes the physical body and how all the, the, your body has different purposes. And, and if suddenly your eye says to, says to your nose, well, because I can't smell, I'm not going to see, or vice versa. Or your hand says to your foot, well, because I don't do what you do, I'm not going to function as well. Then, then it's problematic. But no, the reality is all of our body parts are created for very special purposes. And then Paul said, so is the body of Christ. So is the body of Christ. Some in the body of Christ are great singers. Some play instruments. 
Some know how to maneuver and work their way with technical things in the back. Some stand up to teach in, in a children's class and kids are mesmerized and just focused in. Some just are really, really great at parking cars. Some are awesome at just standing outside, opening the door and smiling and saying, man, we're glad you're here. Some are great at administrative things about keeping records. We all have different gifts. They were all given to us by a heavenly father for the kingdom and for the body of Christ, the church. See, the more that you understand the father and the son, the more the spirit will keep you unified and serving. Goal number one, the body will grow, be built up. Goal number two, uh, goal number two, the body will attain the unity of faith. Goal number three, that the body will grow to a mature man. To a mature man. Paul used the Greek word for full-grown man here. He talks about, he uses the terminology that the people hearing this and reading this for the first time would understand. He's talking about a full-grown dude. He's talking about a man. He's not talking about a male from a gender. He's talking about a man. He said that the body would grow into a, a mature man. And it's interesting because in the very next verse, if you go ahead and look down to verse 14 of where we've been in chapter 4, he talks about young children. He does this in contrast and comparison. He says the church needs to grow up, to grow into a mature man, not be like a child that's blown back and forth by every wind. We have work. We have to work together to grow into that kind of maturity. And every member of the body of Christ is called to serve. Let me, let me say that again in case you missed it. Every member of the body of Christ, that's the church, that's those who have said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I accept him as my Lord. Say, every person who has done that is called to serve. That's why it's on the wall. It's one of our five DNAs. We think every believer should be doing that. Every believer, not just some. And, and the only thing I can see in this that those gifts kind of change and morph as we age and things. But I've, I've looked really, really hard in here and I can't find a retirement plan. <laughs> well, there is one and it's really, really good. <laughs> Stay with me. All right. But until we get to the ultimate retirement plan, every member of the body of Christ is called to serve. Now, physically, physically, I'm finding out really quickly, there are some things that I used to be able to do 30 years ago that I physically can't do anymore. You know, but not serve. That's not an option. It's not an option. That's what we were called to do. So let me give you the fourth goal. Let me give you the fourth goal. That the body of Christ will grow, and this is really important into the fullness of Christ. Because that term Christian means Christ follower. That means we need to look like, act like, live like Christ. And so that as we serve together, the body grows into the fullness of Christ. The focus is on knowing and following the Word of God. And God's fullness was revealed in Christ. And here, get this, gang. His fullness was revealed in Christ coming to earth, the incarnation, God becoming man and dwelling among us. His fullness was revealed in Christ, but it's supposed to be reflected through us, through the way that we live our lives today. So, how do we serve? 
How do we serve? Brett, come on up here, man. Um, Brett is our involvement pastor. Uh, that means in addition to, in addition to being the hype man when we do special music or stuff like that or running from the back or yelling or that big hand clap he has sometimes that like scares our security team to death. Uh, his role, his role, grab that mic there. Uh, his role is to, well, no, but maybe, maybe for recording purposes, um, uh, is to get people, help people find out where and how they can serve. And so when we do pathways, um, Brett and Dennis together do step three, which is all about involvement. And and so today what we want to do is make this a special, uh, involvement kind of day. And so we just want to, first of all, start off by painting a picture of how big this need for involvement is. So, first of all, I just break to share with us. How many service teams do we currently have and how many uh, adults do we currently have involved serving somewhere? We have about 34 service teams. Out of that, there are 377 individuals that are serving. The unfortunate thing and the blessing is that there are people doing more than three to six jobs. So there's a lot of work. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Some people are doing more than three or four jobs? And yeah, and you got a body like mine, man. You know, you're just ready to go. You're just jumping for Jesus. <laughs> or it can be like mine, there's just more to love on. Hey, it all works. It all works. The body builds the body. <laughs> so, so, okay, how many... This, this kind of is, is, is critically important because it's beyond just for like a Sunday morning or Thursday night service. Mm-hmm. We need servants all through the week. But just for us to do a worship service, just a Sunday morning or in the fall, Thursday night worship, how many volunteers do we need for a service? Every one of y'all in this room. No, kidding. Um, about 115 individuals to successfully run a service production from early childhood and nursery all the way up to this guy being on stage. We need 115 individuals doing something to make this run well. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that, and we're nowhere near that, but that is something that we're striving towards. Okay, so let's, let's together, let's paint, and I'll go down the list, and you can kind of help me paint some. Of that 115, okay, let's just kind of start. Parking lot. Uh, you start out there because that's the first people see mm-hmm. somebody sees and they pull up 46 people per service at mm-hmm. least that we don't have that but that's our goal to do that then greeters people at the doors and we've got we've got nine doors up here and one door down at the T mm-hmm. uh, we kind of try to staff at least 10 doors I may be missing ones over at least 10 and we'd like to have two per door that's 20 you see how those numbers start adding up really quickly why do we want two greeters at every door so that if somebody comes in and doesn't know their way around somebody can take them and show them and not leave that door unmanned Mm -hmm. and so sometimes he has to work with a team that he might have eight greeters for 10 doors obviously we don't have two per door and we don't even have all the doors covered so sometimes some of you guys have had to do it sometimes the greeter you're kind of covering two doors and running back and forth no this is what we're talking about today is for us to do this in a way that honors christ and really brings me 115 or so yes each service correct and and then that's before that's i don't know if you added but i don't think like 
whichever one of us is preaching didn't get added in that total, right? <laughs> I, I mean, that's because the way we look at it, whichever one of us is Bobby, Jason, myself, Bradley, whoever's preaching, whoever's up here, we view for a first time guest, we view this position as like the ninth or tenth most important thing yep. on a first time guest Sunday. Because the way the way that things happen out there, whoever's up here really doesn't matter if we do that right. Now, there comes a time when that's important. But if we do that wrong, if we do that wrong out there and we don't love people, we're not ready for people, we don't serve people right out there, we could bring Billy Graham back to life and it doesn't matter. <laughs> because the decision's already been made. This is not a place for me. This is not a place for me. Okay, let's get into really important stuff. What are some areas right now... And some ways that, uh, first of all, what are some areas some people could get involved in, like, almost immediately? Well, it's like I was saying, from the streets to the seats, pretty much. Um, there's about 225 positions that need to be filled. Okay, say that number again. 225. 225 volunteer slots mm-hmm. that we need to have filled mm-hmm. by August mm-hmm. to be at our optimal operating capacity as servants. Correct. Because you will run into some of those unusual variables or you get a volunteer who texts and says, I can't make it. My kid's sick or something like that. One body part missing hurts the entire body. I think it was actually Kevin Kopp who actually preached on that a couple years ago. When one part of the body hurts, the entire body hurts. You stub your toe in the morning, your entire body is going to scream. If there is a volunteer that is missing from the early childhood area or missing from the middle school area, and these are young, valuable minds that need to be molded correctly by Christ, if somebody's missing in that area, we don't fill that gap, the world is snatching it up before we get a chance to do anything. And that goes especially for first impressions, like Dave was saying as well. Um, if we don't have our best foot forward in leading people to Christ just by opening in a door, you got to imagine it like this. When we all go through those gates, don't you think heaven is going to be happy that we pass through those gates and mm-hmm. welcome us? We need to reflect that here now because we're trying to paint a different image of Christ the way that the world is telling us that we should be acting. It's like, nah. Mm-hmm. Scripture is going to tell me the way I act. God is going to tell me the way to act. And I'll show you the way I act by serving. Mm-hmm. That's where you find out where my passions are at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And that's why we invited him to be our involvement pastor. We need that passion in everybody. Because here's what's at stake. He just laid it out. Here's what's at stake. Those of us that have been coming to church here for 40 years, somebody can drop the ball this week. And guess what? We'll come back next week. <laughs> But but that person that for whatever reason, and maybe you're that person today, I don't know. That person that for whatever reason says, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot this Sunday. Maybe I'll give it a shot just to get my wife to shut up and leave me alone. <laughs> maybe I'll give it a shot because this past week was a train wreck. And I don't know, I've tried everything else in the world, maybe this church thing. I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason... There's a lot of people in the course of a year, and so far, just halfway through this year, we've seen almost 400 first-time visitors come through our doors. 400 in half a year. That's, that's somewhere 15 to 20 a week when you include all the children and everybody like that, okay? That's people that are searching for something. We can't drop the ball. Amen. We can't drop the ball because we weren't prepared, all right? So... Biggest question of the morning, right? Big picture. We need people in 
children's ministries, early childhood, elementary, student ministries. They need help back in the booth, especially with adding a third service in the fall on a different night. They need help back there. Stu and Todd need people that are willing to sing and play up here. We need more people in the parking lot. We need more greeters at the doors. Those are some of the obvious ones. We've got support ministries uh, with our community recovery and our community care. There are a plethora of options that we need, all right? And so how does someone say today, count on me? I'm willing to step up. What do they do today uh, to get involved in ministry? Um, if everybody is in here, has walked through, has gotten one of these cards, this is your first response right here. If you didn't get one of these, I'll actually be in the back by the sign-up table. And there's cards right there that you can fill out. I would encourage every last one of you all to look over this, find a place where you can desire to go and serve, even if you want to get your feet wet. So, okay, God, I'm going to go out on a limb. Um, I just want to try something. Circle one of these areas, please. Put your name and number down there. Either take it and put it in the black box or come talk to me in the back and we can get that started. Um, I'm living proof on what Dave had just said about having that experience of uh, being the uh, visitor for the very first time and being welcomed into a congregation. Like, I don't want to make this all political, but... We're brothers in Christ, but I got a better tan than this guy. So imagine me coming from northern Ohio in the city I'm off area. In the, I'm off in the month of July, man. I'm coming after you. <laughs> so, you know, in, 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 in an area, it's like, you know, okay, I'm coming into a church that's predominantly, you know, a bunch of white Americans. How is this going to feel? Jesus said, I got your back. I've been greeted and welcomed by so many people and been loved. And that's all because there was somebody... Uh, Jane's over there right now who uh, took a chance and said let me volunteer and let me serve so I'm asking you guys I'm inviting you all to take the opportunity don't make this make you feel like you're a cog in a machine Jesus is asking you to do something you are actually partnering with the king Mm -hmm. of everything put your name on one of these cards fill this out or bring this directly to me and let's get the ball started let's get everything rolling we are here to impact the world to reach and equip and impact how do we do that if we on the hill are not healthy ourselves. So fill out the card. If you need to take it home and pray over it, please do. Just don't pray over it for six months. All right. <laughs> like six days, like next Sunday. Okay. All right. Uh, because this is critically important. This is critically important. But if you're ready to say, yeah, now if you're already involved, especially Please, if you're one of those people he was talking about that already has six things, please do not fill out a card. If you're that person that has six responsibilities already, you have my full permission. Do not fill out another blue card, all right? <laughs> Let somebody fill out one for your friend sitting next to you who has zero. That'll help out, all right? But then either go to the back and give it to Brett or just drop it in one of the offering boxes and, and we'll get it. So I'm going to give him time to get back there because we're almost done. Thanks, man. Yeah, Thanks for Thanks for everything you do. Thank you. So, so, let, so let's wrap this all up, all right? Uh, we've, we've looked at what Scripture said. Uh, we've seen the call uh, from Scripture. Brett shared with us some very tangible, very tangible opportunities. So if we're going to change, this is all about changing the world. This is all about changing the world. Love God, love people, and change the world. If we're going to change our part of the world, we need everyone to be involved. No such thing, no such thing as a fully devoted follower of Christ 
that doesn't serve somewhere and somehow. Here's my challenge. Jesus came into the world not to be served, but to serve. So please, please, please don't leave here today without making a decision to serve as Jesus served. My second challenge is actually my most important challenge. Don't leave here today without the full knowledge and assurance that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord of your life. Because that's the first step. We'll follow up with the service. If that's you, we'll follow up with the service part later. But don't leave here today without full, full knowledge that Jesus is your Savior and your Lord. We're going to sing that song we started the morning off with again. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. If you need to talk to someone about a decision, uh, Jason's back uh, in the decision room. We've got other people that can go back there uh, and help out as well. Make your way back there. And uh, come on, come on, let's take this stuff seriously today.
Okay, hang on. Sit down for just one second. I promise. Just one second. We've got to take care of something. Sometimes I have to get up here and, and make announcements that I, I don't like to make. Uh, but today's not one of those days. All right. Uh, hopefully, uh, almost all of you, if not all of you, got an email me, from me this week and uh, hit me with some lights, house lights back there, Travis. Uh, where did Jason go? Haggard, where are you at? Come here. Hopefully you got an email, and if you didn't get the email, uh, let me tell you this. Today, uh, we're celebrating uh, Jason's 25th year of ministry on our staff. And so in the email, uh, I told you if you wanted to bring cards, there'd be baskets. Got a card, dude. <laughs> uh, but if you want to bring them up here, we're going to leave them up here this week because I did have somebody out in the lobby a while ago tell me they didn't get an email this week. But that is for you and your family for 25 years and uh, for 35 years with me. Uh, See... That doesn't happen. This doesn't happen often. Uh, 1987, uh, April, May 1987, this is the first student I met when I came here as a student minister. Uh, Brother Shouse took me to his house, and we met in the front yard, you and Eric. And uh, so we've been paying you for 25 years. We've been doing it for 35 years. Uh, uh, and the thought that this guy would grow up and kind of do this with me and support me and back me and back this church. And the best part about it is I get to leave town at times. I know we're good. We're good. And so from Melinda uh, and what she puts up with, <laughs> I wasn't talking about ministry. Yeah. Just what, <laughs> what she puts up and your boys, Brody and Braden are just so proud of them and what they do. So, we love you, and we thank you for 25 years. Love you. All right, man. All right. All right, if you didn't bring a card, you can see him, you can hug him. Now let's get out of here. Go love God, love people, and change the world.